Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Beaver County Kickoff here on the Beaver County Times Sports Podcast Network. I am your host, Noah Hiles, and joining me, as always, are education and sports reporter Josh Carney and sports reporter Parthu Pavyai. And boys, it's it's we're here. This is it. This is the it's the final four. It's the it's it's the semifinals. We have arrived, and. Our teams refuse to lose in the Beaver Valley. My goodness, we got teams in the 5A semifinals, in the 4A semifinals, in the 3A, in the 2A, and we've got three of the four teams remaining in Class 1A. It's been a very eventful playoff. We've had teams responsible for arguably the two biggest upsets in all of the Whippeal this year, and they've done it in back-to-back weeks, two different teams, but... Incredible storylines, incredible individual performances. It's been a wild ride, and we're going to start to talk about it all right now by recapping what happened last week in the quarterfinals. We had eight teams. I believe six are still alive, or seven are still alive, excuse me. Seven are still alive. And uh, we start off the show like we always do by giving our biggest takeaways. Who wants to go first? I'll, I'll take mine, just short and sweet. I know everyone talks about is Texas back, all that. Olsh is back, all right? It just answer the question. Olsh <laughs> Chargers are back. Uh, they, as Noah alluded to, had the biggest upset uh, of the quarterfinals, knocking off number one Clareton. Yeah. I don't think any of us, Noah, picked that in our brackets. No. Um, and rightfully so. I mean, Olsh was a huge question mark coming in. First round, they knock off a shorthanded Greensburg Central Catholic team. This was the week they had to show something. They were down 15 nothing in the first half, and they completely just flipped a switch, found their game again. And I know everyone coming into the year thought, oh, Osh is a pass-first team. That's how they beat teams. No, they pummeled Clareton on the ground. B.J. Vaughn, Stephen Greer, Brandon Brazel ran all over the Bears. Osh looks fantastic. They have the biggest line in Class 1A. They're, they found themselves defensively, pound for pound, they might be the best team in the class. I think they have the most talent. It's uh, kind of we talked off air about Noah, but Osh is back, uh, and I am just super excited to see how they perform in the semis against Rochester, a game that I saw earlier in the year. Yeah, and that that win for the Chargers was no fluke. They no. simply outplayed Clarendon, and I know that a majority of their points, 22 of the 29 points they scored came in the third quarter, but they outplayed them from the first quarter through the fourth quarter. If you look at how Clarendon scored, they had a special teams touchdown, a safety due to a bad punt snap, I believe, Yes, and then Clarendon had a field goal. That's how they got their 15 points. So the Chargers' defense did not allow a single score. And I get, you know, football is a game where it's three phases and you got to play the game how you got to play it. But when all of your points come off of special teams, it means that you were outplayed Yeah, where it really counts. The safety outplayed them. The safety and the special teams came within a 15 second span. Yeah. Because uh, uh, Clareton's Cameron Lewis had a 70 yard kickoff return following the safety. So, yeah, uh, I mean, it was all regardless of, of a 15 nothing lead. Uh, for Clareton because it Ols just dominated that game in a in a fashion that I hadn't seen from them this year. So they're they're playing great football at the right time. And it's a special win for them, Josh, because that's a Clareton team that's beat them the last two years in the yeah. playoffs. And uh, I have a story coming out today, if you're listening to this on Thursday, um about Olsh in their in their run ever since they kind of turned things around in the final week of the regular season. 
And Dan Bradley pointed out, I don't think I put this in the story, but he told me, you know, they played the last two, four times they've played Clarendon, they beat them twice. And he said, how many teams can say they, they split 2-2 two, two against Clarendon in their last four matchups? He goes, I, I don't know if there's anyone in the whip yield who yeah. could say that. And I think he's right. So props to the Chargers. Holy cow, what an upset for them. Parth, what do you got for your big takeaway? Yeah, so my pick to win win 2A, and I think, Noah, you have the same pick, but number five, Beaver Falls winning that thing is looking less and less like a long shot and more and more like a probable situation. They looked crazy good against New Brighton. I get, I know New Brighton's not the most formidable team, you know, but they they beat them 40 nothing, and Brittner looked like he was playing a game of NCAA 14 out there, man. The guy looks crazy, <laughs> crazy, crazy, crazy good. He almost had his, you know, career high matched in the first half. Second half to let the foot off the gas. He still finishes with, I think, 342, four touchdowns. Dude was balling. Um, I don't know. I feel like, and y'all can correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like picking Beaver Falls to win this thing in 2A is um, less of a, like, a, a pen, Penniman type thing than Aliquippa, you know, who's been there, been in that final in, in their classification for, what, 10 plus years. And less or more? Less, less, right? Like, Nick Nardone's in, in year five. He's only won the thing once. It's not oh, like I'm yeah, picking, yeah, yeah, it's definitely yeah. You see what less, I'm saying? It's like yeah. I'm picking, like, a, a quip or, or even a CV, you know, mm-hmm. who's, who's been there, been there, been there, but man, Nardone can, can coach and he's got that program, you know, hot at the right time, that team hot at the right time, rather. Brickner throws a better deep ball than Ben Roethlisberger. <laughs> Facts. I get that Ben's what going era up against Ben Roethlisberger. Though. Yes. The, the current Ben Roethlisberger. And I get Ben's going up against, you know, the best defenders in the world. And he has a whole bunch of it. Ben's job is, much harder than Jaron Brickner's, no doubt about it. But just going off of the visual of a pass 30 yards down the field, Brickner's spiral is tighter. It's His timing is in sync with it's all of his receivers. Ball, he it throws a, a very pretty ball. ball. And, yeah. I mean, he's not perfect. He still does miss sometimes because, again, he's a high schooler. But he's probably the best passer that we have in the area. Which is saying something because there are a lot of talented quarterbacks in this county and in this valley. But I would not be surprised yeah. if he's one of the top two or three passers in the Whippeal next he, year. He's gonna he's gonna be all state. Yeah. I, I or I think that even if they don't win the Whippeal, if they you know lose the Steel Valley this week or if they play Stowe Rocks at Heinz Field and lose that game, mm-hmm. um, I still think that at the very least, Jaron Brickner probably gets all state honorable mention. Uh, just for the numbers that oh, he's no put doubt. up and yeah, for no the doubt. responsibility that he's taken on this year, you know, losing two division one running backs in that backfield, along with a really good fullback. I mean, they had to replace 55 touchdowns. That's crazy. And they're still averaging a ton of points a game. The defense is something we also don't talk about with Beaver Falls, how good that defense is guys like, you know, bricks roll Isaiah Ashbacher, uh, in the middle there, their secondary is crazy secondary, talented. Yeah, yes, 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 Falls yes, yes. is a really, really good football team. And I think they're starting to show that, yeah, last year they had one amazing player, but they're far from a one-man team. And they were they were that way last year. We just didn't realize it. And they've made that message very clear this year. That And I think that's the great thing, like, with, with Huff last year. Like, these kids were able to learn out of the spotlight. Like, yes, the team yeah. was playing on that That's what level. Nick said after the game. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Like they, you exactly. know, they were able to play at this level, but the, the focus and attention wasn't on them. Mm-hmm. So they were able to learn and make mistakes and not, you know, bear the brunt of those mistakes right. publicly. Uh, and, and not to now, do too much, quite frankly. Not right, to do yeah. much, be out there and start, but not have the weight of the offense on their shoulders when you got an ACC tailback in the backfield. Yeah. yeah. And, and now, I mean, they are just – 
they are a well-oiled machine. Like, and for some programs, that that learning comes in, you know, the regular season or maybe one playoff game. Yeah. These kids got experience starting in state playoff games last year. And a team where, that won the won the Whippeal, yeah. Yeah, and like they've played it. Uh, they yep. didn't play at Heinz Field last year. Like the championships weren't there, but they've played like on the biggest stage in the Whippeal. And yeah, they're they're rolling. They're rolling. And we'll get into that game a little bit more later. But yeah, Parth, I have to agree that it's it's a, it's been an incredible turnaround. And there's them. one thing I want to add to that. If you look at the numbers, like, and I think Noah, you and I talked about this a couple of weeks ago, but he didn't start off that quick. And I wrote a story about that, you mm-hmm. know, early on this season, like just to see. Like his cumulative numbers are are heavily, I think, lean toward the past. I don't know, oh, eight yeah. nine games, and that's part of that is who they played. I mean, that's that's why Nardone, again, a good coach, schedules a tough non conference season because they didn't even end up playing Olsh, but that would have been their other non conference opponent. But that game got canceled because yeah, of COVID. Right about yeah, that. yeah, but right about that. their first three games of the year were against Aliquippa, who is likely going to be at Heinz Field next weekend yep. in the 4A game. Blackhawk, who had a bad season, but still... Great program. Great program. A lot of talent on that squad. Tons certainly. of talent yeah. on that team. Yeah. And then they played Laurel in their first conference game. They should have won that game! Who? Yeah, and they should have won that game. And even though they didn't, it's just kind of like, yeah, his numbers are going to be bad because like they started off their season with quite literally the hardest possible schedule. And not even that. He was just starting. Like, we talked yeah. about him being thrown to the fire. Yeah, yeah like, and exactly. Takes, and that's time, and, right? And Nardone like, kind of knew that, like, hey, this is going to be rough. Like, he yeah. said that in our preseason interviews, for our preview stories, for when we had him on here. He's like, yeah, it is going to be rough at times. But what if we could survive that, you know, if we can get out of it without any horrible injuries, which thankfully for them, they were able to do so. Mm. They're good to go. No, but I and, think that that's yeah. what impresses me the most is like you, you, you threw the kid into the fire with those teams and expected his confidence not to break in. And, and for the record, it, it didn't, right? Like Nardone knew what that's a quarterback and that's a that's a heck of a move by by Nardone to, yeah. to know what buttons to press and to to be able to manage all that. The most important thing a quarterback can have, aside from like a good arm, is a is is a yep. short memory. Short you know, memory. that's like the that's the cliche, <laughs> right? But it's yeah. it's it's so true where Brickner's not phased when he throws an interception. No. He threw one against Western Beaver to a kid wearing number 77 playing corner. It was wild. <laughs> uh, and he was like, DP. yeah, he was like, I, I don't know what happened there, but it was no big deal. You know, and that's what you need. No doubt. Guys, did you look um, at the, I guess at his career numbers? He told me after the game that he broke the Beaver Falls, you know, career passing, passing mark. I tried to confirm that with a statistician and, and, and you know, he didn't know either. Um, We'll have to we'll have, we'll have to look, look into that, that one. We'll have yeah. to look into that. I know that we we still have a lot of games left here this year. Exactly. Yeah. There's also a guy who played quarterback at Beaver Falls. You probably threw for a lot of yards. <laughs> oh yeah. Who would that be? <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. He made a pretty big. I guarantee you, he was uh, pretty high up in those records. That's books. what I was thinking. Like, yeah. but I don't know. Right didn't throw huh? the ball a lot. No, they either. used to sling the football around with Joe. They were one in, of really? in the NFL. I don't know. No, at Beaver, he, they were okay. one of the few that like. That's why Coach that's Larry why, Bruno. That's why that's why Bear Bryant came the whole way up here from Tuscaloosa. There you go. So all right. So my big takeaway is um, you know, at the beginning of the year, I didn't know what to think of Aliquippa. Obviously, I knew they were talented, and I was impressed with them making it to the Whitfield Championship game last fall. But if you looked at the team they had last year, they had a senior running back, they had a senior quarterback, they had, you know, Antonio Anderson, they had Isaiah Warfield on defense. They had Nico Eberhardt for the whole year. They didn't have any of those things this year. They had a sophomore quarterback. They had 
a whole bunch of young kids playing running back. Eventually, it led to a freshman winning the starting job with, you know, a sophomore as his backup and as his, you know, his second punch. And they they still don't have Anderson, their their best player on the team, who, you know, has been out for the year. And Warfield, their best defensive player, has been out for the year. And despite all of this, I still think Aliquippa is the best team in, in the state in 4A. And, and I'm shocked to say it. And there's times where I still am not sold on certain aspects of it. Like, I think Quentin Good Jr. is going to be a fantastic high school quarterback. I think he throws an, a great deep ball. I think he makes great checks at the line. I do think, though, at times he still gets a little overwhelmed, which is to be expected when you're playing in 4A and you're a sophomore and you're going up against the defenses that he's going up against. However, I have been impressed by his development. But the thing that I think is going to make Aliquippa a Whitfield championship team and possibly a state championship team are those guys up front. It doesn't matter if they are in 1A, 2A, 3A, 4A, or even 5A and 6A. We talk about Moon's line, how big and strong it is. Aliquippa's line is just as big. And those guys are athletes. They play both sides of the ball. They force fumbles. They pick off screen passes. They are not slow. You know, they're they're good football players all around. And that having a line like that, it, it allows for you to do so much more. It allows for you to have great running backs. It allows for you to develop a young quarterback. And it allows for you to take away great individual talents like Rodney Gallagher. It allows for you to shut down unique offensive schemes like the triple option, which is what McKeesport runs. No, the, their just, line is so good that you wrote about it. You made yeah, a whole and I, main I, Yeah, I wrote about, about it. it. The trench dog. <laughs> I have the swagger. I can't wait to see that There's something different about Aliquippa in the month of November, man. Yeah. There just is. There's, there's no program in the state who can relate to that type of culture of winning where, yeah, other teams have had success like Southern Columbia, why I'm missing even central Valley here locally, but just the expectation to always be in your district championship, no matter what classification you're in two, a three, a four, a doesn't matter. They'll be there. They'll have the whole community. there rallying a whole bunch of homemade t-shirts, cowbells in the stands, DJ on the field pregame. And you know, the, the kids come and go, but the tradition remains the same. And it's very impressive to it's watch special. and cover up front. Yep. And, um, you know, I don't want to look past McKeesport because McKeesport's a good team. But I didn't think there was a chance that Aliquippa could beat Bell Vernon until I watched them play Laurel Highlands this past weekend. And the thing about it was they weren't even at their best. They started off slow. But the way they can run the football, they can beat any team because they can keep a Devin Whitlock off the field. And that's how you beat, you know, the top player in the Whippeal, arguably. Yeah, you so, made a, you made a great point about just that program overall. I mean, you would think with a a a school like that, you would have ebbs and flows with success. It's every year with that. Yep, with that program. I mean, even dating back to the fifties, I'm forgetting the name of the book uh, that S. L. Price wrote. Uh, it's it's yeah, uh, it's escaping me at the moment. So I apologize to the listeners, but. Like it, it details the history of Aliquippa from the fifties to you know the two thousand tens, the two thousand. Did you read that, Josh? You got to yeah, read it. Yeah, it was phenomenal. I need to pick um, that one up, man. Yeah, I've been talking it's about just it for a it's while remarkable. Now. Like kids come and go, but that program stays the same powerhouse every year. And I, I don't know how they do it. I, I really don't. I mean, 
it made sense back then also because there were the steel mills, you know? Right. Like that, that was the place to live. I mean, that was the whole County, right? Yeah. Like there was JNL steel, there were all the steel mills and like mm-hmm. you could walk to work essentially. But now it's just people being proud of their community sticking around. And you know, the dad was a star. He becomes an assistant coach there. I mean, their yeah, coaching staff <laughs> has like every person on that coaching staff, I think played pretty much at a high level playing Either, through like, the division whistle two, division that one. was the book. They 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 know winning and yeah they, they sorry get it going <laughs> playing so. through the whistle is the book playing through okay free yeah. free plug for for SL for, Sports SL Illustrated right. yeah he definitely needs those plugs yeah <laughs> so those are our takeaways um uh, we're gonna take a quick break before we do I'm just gonna run through the matchups here for all the semifinals uh and and take a look here um we, this weekend we have the Whitfield Class Six A Championship it's between Mount Lebanon and Central Catholic that's what everyone of us had for our championship matchup. Everyone had Mount Lebo winning that game, except for me. I have the Vikings of Central Catholic. The 5A semifinals are between Moon, the number one seed in Penn Hills, the number five seed on one side, and then Penn Trafford in uh, Pine Richland, the two and three on the other side of the bracket. So not a lot of upsets in 5A. In 4A, we have Bell Vernon and Thomas Jefferson, the rematch of the game that originally took place at the beach that came down to the last second of the contest. And then on the other side, we have Aliquippa against McKeesport, a game that we will be previewing shortly in class three, a central Valley against Elizabeth forward. We didn't talk about central Valley in the first segment of the show. Cause we really don't need to, they were dominant as always. They take on Elizabeth forward in a game that will be the rematch from last year's Whitfield championship in three, a, and on the other side of the bracket, North Catholic and Avonworth. These are the top four seeds. It's chalk, chalk, chalk in uh, class three, a, again, the only upset in this bracket so far is the nine seed over the eight seed. In Class 2A, we have Steel Valley Beaver Falls. The game we'll preview. And then on the other side, Stowe Rocks over Sarah Catholic. Another big upset. Sarah Catholic taking down Laurel 6 to nothing in the quarterfinals last week. So the Eagles take on the Vikings to see who will play the winner of Steel Valley and Beaver Falls. And then, of course, in Class A, three of the four teams remaining are from the Beaver Valley, are from the Big 7 Conference. We have Olsh against Rochester on one side. We have Cornell against Bishop Canavan on the other. And we are going to preview all of those games pertaining to the Beaver Valley, starting right now after this break. All right, boys, final four time. And uh, as it's tense on the field, the standings are also very tense. Out of nowhere, we've been making fun of him all year long. He's been in last place since week zero. Yet the house, he's been minding his own business. He's been loading up bricks. He's, becoming He's the been penthouse. building the foundation. He's been laying the floorboards. You know, he had he had carpet come in. He had zero res. Spell it backwards or forwards. It's still the same. They came in and they cleaned that carpet. He's been building brick by brick. Little by little, it's up there. Now he's got he's got the first floor done. He's done on the second floor. He's building the attic now. The house is building his way back into the competition here. He's still in last place, but he is only one pick behind myself and Parth. And looking at the picks picks here, there's a chance I could be in last place because I got a lot of different games than him. And so does Parth. So <laughs> things could get interesting <laughs> here. And it's not interesting just in the bottom. Josh, who had at one point in time, I believe a five-game lead over everyone, is only one game ahead of uh, Joe Sager, two games ahead of Bill Allman, and three games ahead of myself and Parth. Now, the good news for Josh is there aren't a lot of games remaining. However, this week, things could get crazy because I think there are at least 
at least three coin flip games out of these six. I, 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 I don't know. I wouldn't, honestly, the only team that I would be shocked if they lost is Central Valley. You could make an argument for every other team to lose. So yeah, you could. it's yeah. going to be fun. Let's start into the matchups right now. We start off in 5A, Moon versus Penn Hills. We all have Moon, 6-0 across the board. However, I, I want to start off by saying Penn Hills, A, is not a program to ever mess around with in November. Never. I mean, this is a team that a co- not too long ago won a state championship. I believe mm-hmm. it was in 2018, I want to say. And now most of those kids are gone. But, again, we talked about winning culture. Like we talked about in Aliquippa. We talked about it in, in, in Beaver Falls. This is a team that has a winning culture. And it dates back pretty far. So, you look at their schedule. They have three losses this year. One's the Pittsburgh Central Catholic, which I will fault no team losing to Pittsburgh Central Catholic. The second loss is to Pine Richland, who's on the other side of the bracket. And that was in a very close game. And then in the third loss, they got blown out by Gateway. But last week, they beat Gateway to get here. Yeah. Well, they're clearly a much better team than what they were at the start of the year. I think they started the year um, 1-2 and two, or maybe even 0-2. Oh uh, and since then, their only loss has been to Pine Richland, and that was in a close game, and they've won like six or seven in a row since then. Um, my only thing that makes me think that Moon still has an advantage against this red-hot team is that I looked at their opponent comparisons. They played North Hills, and they barely beat North Hills. Moon took care of business against North Hills. I think they beat them by almost 30. So... But, I mean, that that was also over a month ago. So, I think this is going to be a very close game. Because in 5A, you know, there's a lot of parity. These teams aren't, you know, that far apart like they are in the lower classifications. So, I don't know, guys. you have anything to add on this? I just think it's going to be a really interesting contest. I do think it will be a very close game. It feels like that's what Moon has been playing recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's just their style. I do think Penn Hills will get a boost because I don't know if you saw this or not. Los Angeles Rams star Aaron Donald will be in attendance as wow. an honorary captain. Very uh, cool for, for Penn Hills Very on cool. Friday. At, Does Moon uh, have uh, AQ game. Shipley coming to be there on it? Do you realize uh, you went to Moon? Wow, AQ uh, Shipley. Uh, I, I, I uh, have not confirmed that. Uh, I will continue to try and confirm that. Uh, maybe we can get Mike Webster's, uh, Mike Webster's yeah. son they in have the building to, as well. They have to do um, an Oklahoma drill. For the coin toss, it's just Shipley versus Aaron Donald. <laughs> I, I think Shipley should just stand up and pull out a Super Bowl ring and say, "Yeah, ah, there you go." There you go. <laughs> no, uh, I, I do think though, Moon, because of some injuries and and because of some of these early season blowouts, they have a ton of depth now offensively. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Ian Foster, Joe Cotton, Jeremiah Dean, Dylan Sleva in the backfield. Ty McGowan's playing great football. Ben Bladel, that guy. 5A player of the year. It has to be, right? Yeah. I mean, it's a no-brainer in my opinion. Like, everything that guy does in all three phases, he has to be. Um, I do think Moon wins this game, but I am a little concerned that that Penn Hills could really catch them off guard, jump out to an early lead, and kind of get Moon out of their game. And that's the thing where I, I think this is one where Moon can't afford to fall behind early. Yeah. And I think it, I think Moon wins this like 14 to 10. Because yeah. we we talked about their O-line all year, but the thing that's really showing recently in all these close games that Moon's been able to win is their defense. They, they've had a great defense all year. Yeah, Woodland Hills, it was an eight-point game, but they scored with six seconds left. 
their right. final touchdown. So really, right. it was a two-score game throughout the whole contest. So they were in control. And yeah, that defense, you can't really get past them. And so if, if, if Moon doesn't make mistakes and fall behind early, I think they're going to be okay. But they've, they've done that. They've fallen behind early against Peters Township. They did it against South Fayette. They've done it against other teams. They can so, win in a variety of ways, you know. Yeah, they've got yeah. to they've got to keep control of this one for all forty eight minutes. Uh, Parth, anything to add on that, or can we move on? No, I just think it's it's a cool dynamic. Obviously, you mentioned Penn Hills having a winning culture, winning program. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like the the new kids on the block and Moon playing a team who's been there, done that. Oh yeah. And I guess we'll really see what Ryland squad is made of. Yeah, I, I think an argument can be made that Penn Hills is the most story program in in five A right now. Yes. Yeah. So, all right, moving forward now uh, to 4A, Aliquippa against McKeesport. Man, another really good matchup. This is, we talked about how the the Big Seven in Class A has three of the four teams. The, the same conference has three of the four teams in 4A with Thomas Jefferson, Bell Vernon on one side, and then McKeesport on the other. And Aliquippa just beat the fourth place team in that conference in Laurel Highlands last week. McKeesport is a much better team than Laurel Highlands. However, like I said earlier, their offense just isn't a good mix against what Aliquippa brings to the table, where, you know, triple options, that doesn't gel when the offensive line is getting blown back every play two <laughs> yards. Back. You, 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 you <laughs> what get, a way to put it. Well, I mean, when you get, yeah, when you get blown off the ball, you, you, you can't really do much in that when you're because you have the, a triple option. Your quarterback has to run, you know, parallel to the offensive line. And if he's getting hit by his guard, because, you know, Naquan Crowder is blowing him up, then <laughs> yeah. there's not much you can do. So, yeah, your offense is off the tracks at that point. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, it's also about staying disciplined. So, we'll see what Aliquippa can do. I just think and that's that, been a struggle for Warfield squad, you know. Yeah, you, I, you I, I just that. think front, they're going to be good enough where they can shut that down. Um, and everyone has Aliquippa winning 6-0. Any analysis here from you guys on that one? These two teams haven't played if i'm not mistaken until yeah. uh, since the 50s which is kind of yeah. cool right because usually you see i mean what i'm learning here is in this area these teams have a history and there's a mm-hmm. series history and all that kind of stuff you look back at these two and you know it's been what 60 years since they played each other so that's kind of neat McKeesport's a big school and before like a couple years ago big schools didn't have to play small school but one right. small school beat all the small schools for like <laughs> 30 years and the state said that's enough of that go play some big school <laughs> and so that's why this is a this is the thing so I, I mean that's incredibly accurate. The PIA was like, "All right, we're 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 done here." <laughs> um, I I do I think I have just a slight bit of caution with this one because I we saw what McKeesport did to Thomas Jefferson. Yeah, I know Thomas Jefferson, at least in our eyes, isn't on the same level of a an Aliquippa, but McKeesport they've got guys that can just create out of horrible situations and make those splash plays. Um, I do think Quentin Good will be tested in this one. But again, you lean on those, as Noah wrote last week, those trench dogs with that offensive line up front and hand the ball to those running backs. It could get ugly. I, I don't I don't foresee it getting ugly whatsoever. I mean, we have to remember this is a semifinal game. Yeah. But uh, I, I do think Aliquippa c- could comfortably win this. So my, uh, my thing also is, like, I just looked at, like, their – Last round, they only beat Armstrong 35-21. So yeah. it's not like they're, like, rolling right now, I would say. But, I mean, they're coming off a bye, so maybe that's different. And uh, they'll definitely be up for this game. Um, but I'll be at it. So I'm, I'm really excited to cover that. Always excited to uh, cover the quip. So 
We move forward now to our 3A semifinal. It is Central Valley against Elizabeth Forward. And um, how much to say here, I guess? Again, this is a rematch of last year's Whitfield Championship in 3A where the Warriors won 35 nothing. It isn't every year you see a running clock scenario in a Whitfield Championship, no. but... I, yeah, that that's where we're at right now. Yeah, yeah, this is a semifinal, and I think it's going to be. You I don't think, think that Elizabeth again? Forward. What's that? Do you think that happens again? Yeah, because I don't think Elizabeth Forwards as good as they were last year, and Ooh. I think Central Valley. I don't think Central Valley might. You can make an argument one way or another, but I think Central Valley is still really, really good. I think Elizabeth Forward kind of took a little bit of a step down. So yeah, I think if they want to now, Central Valley was only winning ten nothing at halftime last week, but. That was shocking. Yeah, but Joe's I think tweets. you know Mark Lyons probably had a couple words, and the the team got rolling after that. <laughs> uh, my thing to keep say. an eye on here is you know does Landon? I think he's like two sixty away from the school record. Yeah. He would have to have a really really big performance to break it this evening or on Friday night. But there's still a chance, uh, depending on how they get going. Um, and I, and I looked at the box score, Matt Merritt had like nine or 10 carries. So it's good yeah. to see him getting involved again uh, through his old role as kind of just like the, the hybrid guy who can come in and maybe throw the ball, maybe run the ball, maybe just block. It's cool to see that. Anything else to add guys on central Valley? Not much there. No, <laughs> I feel bad because we have no analysis to give because there's none needed, you know, like we're, we're going to have stories. We have some cool stories coming out on CV. We will be covering that game. Um, but there's just, you know, you watch them and you're like, all right, well, this is pretty cut and dry until like the state semifinals. So yeah, I think they scored, what, 21 points in the first two minutes of the second half last week. Like, <laughs> it's absurd. I mean, I, what, what do you say? They're they're a power. They're like, really good. Yeah, they're, they're a good team. And There's I think, that, you know, they're moving, up to, they're moving up to 4A next year. I still think they'll be just as good. Yes. Uh, I don't know if they're going to dominate everyone, but I think that they'll be able to make the semifinal in 4A next year. So we move now into 2A, and these next three games, these are all coin flips in my opinion. I think uh, I would not be shocked with any type of result from here. Um, and we'll start off with the 2A game. We have Beaver Falls against Steel Valley. The big story here is uh, Nijay Burt out for the season for, for the Ironmen. Whitfield's leading rusher, over 2,000 yards on the ground, got hurt last week against Southside. In, in the in the Ironman 28 to 12 win and and this is big you know Steel Valley don't get me wrong they have other talent no team gets to the semifinals on the back on the shoulders of one player I was gonna say they can probably plug and play man that that line is good but that wasn't the only injury that they had I mean they had it well who was it their quarterback had a pretty se- severe injury last week and uh, Bert's brother also, I believe, got a little dinged up, and we don't know their injury statuses. But you know they're kind of limping into this game where Beaver Falls they're they're flying in. Yeah. So just <laughs> the trajectory of these two teams is is polar opposite. Polar opposites, yeah. Yep. That's kind of why I I ended up changing my pick from what I had in the bracket uh, at the beginning of the postseason. Don't don't give me that part. <laughs> All right, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, there. You know, Matt Marone went down uh, with a very serious injury for for Steel Valley. Both Burt boys got hurt. I mean, uh, Cruz Brookings had a great game for Steel Valley against Southside. I think he scored all four touchdowns. But you use the lead, you you lose the leading Whippeal, uh, or leading rusher in the Whippeal. You lose one of your top offensive playmakers in Marone. 
you lose the second Burt brother, and you're leaning on a junior quarterback to all of a sudden yeah. be your entire offense. I, that's why I'm flipping to Beaver Falls. I mean, Beaver Falls is rolling. Steel Valley has a ton of significant injuries. I mean, that's just the way it goes at this time of year. It's who's healthier and who's playing better. Who's football. hot at the right time. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's yeah. Beaver Falls. And Josh, you're not alone. I mean, all six of us pick the Tigers. I would have been the only one to stay Steel Valley if I wouldn't have changed my bracket. So. <laughs> Tars, how does Beaver Falls lose this game? Yeah, I'm not sure, honestly. I think, you know, I don't I don't know. I feel like they were, they were clicking on all cylinders last game. I know this is not the, the heaviest of analysis, but they looked, like I said, they looked scary good on offense. I'll, I'll tell you how they do it, and it's Go ahead, by, by turning the ball over. And it's, it's yeah. you know, Steel Valley beats teams by controlling time of possession and by by running the football. And they're not going to they're not going to run away from that. Don't expect Steel Valley to throw the ball 40 times on Friday night, even if they don't have Burt in the backfield. Like you said, Parth, they have a good offensive line. No, no team that has a 2000 yard rusher has a bad O line. So they're going to try to run the ball. They'll probably have a lot of quarterback wildcat stuff like that. Keep that ball out of Brickner's hands. Some, some, yeah, some read that's... option. Yeah. And they got to keep the ball out of Brickner's hands. Now, you know, Beaver Falls isn't going to let them run for 200 yards. That's just not what they do, but they'll, they'll move the ball downfield because they are still a good team. But the key for Beaver Falls is to not give Steel Valley extra possessions. And that comes with, you know, three and outs that comes with not turning the ball over. And, for as great as Beaver Falls has been, they have turned the ball over sometimes. You know, Brickner has thrown some interceptions. Not many, but a couple. And they have fumbled the football sometimes. So, if they can avoid those things, you know, I, I don't think Steel Valley can beat Beaver Falls. I think Beaver Falls can beat Beaver Falls in this game. And, you know, when you're talking about high school kids, that can happen no matter what program you're talking about. Any given about. Friday, no doubt. Yes. So... We move on now to the two semifinals in Class A. We'll start off with the one that only pertains with, or where we only have one team uh, locally, and it, and that's Cornell and Bishop Canavan. And this is where we had some parity in our picks. Again, uh, the first four games, we all have Moon, Aliquippa, Central Valley, and Beaver Falls, all of them unanimous. But these ones are a little different. Um, Cornell, Bishop Canavan. I talked, like I said, talked to Dan Bradley, and he said, you know, the Eastern Conference – all four of the teams that made the playoffs from the Eastern Conference, they all got home home playoff games. They all got buys, or not buys, one of them got a buy. Uh, but the other three, they all got home playoff games. And he felt that the Big Seven was was cheated. He was like, you know what, look who's, look who's around. There's three of our four teams still around right now. And there's one of theirs, yet they all got home playoff games. So maybe there, he, he claims there's a bias. I don't know. But he <laughs> makes a great point that maybe they were a little bit disrespected. Because you got the number nine and the number five team on one side, and then you got Cornell, the number two team, who went further than the number one team. So you got the Raiders going up against number three, Bishop Canavan. Bishop Canavan only has one loss this year. It came to Clarendon. Um, they played Leechburg, who Cornell just beat last weekend uh, in the regular season, and they beat him by a similar margin. I think, what did, what did Cornell win like by like? 30. Cornell won 46 to 18, and I think Bishop Canavan won like Bishop 33 Canavan, to 3. 33 like, to yeah. 3, yeah. Uh -huh. So it's a very similar margin of victory. Um, and yeah, like I said, Canavan's only loss was to Clarendon, which maybe Clarendon's not as good as we thought they were. So it's, it's a coin flip game, in my opinion. I've picked against Cornell uh, last week, and I'm going to pick against them again. I, I, I don't know why. I do think they're very talented. I just think, you know, stuff like what happened against Olsh, that that doesn't sit well with me. 
And this is a real team yeah. that they're playing. Canavan is a really good team. And I think they're going to be ready. They've been rolling throughout this whole entire postseason. I mean, I'm going to take a look at their their run to the, the title game now. They beat, in the first round, they beat my Blue Devils 49-6, to and they won 42-14 to over Shenango, a team uh, that, you know, had some upsets in the Big 7 Conference. So they're rolling. That's why I like the Crusaders, and that's why um, that's why Park picked them too, right? I did, and I'm you know I'll be real. I mainly picked them because I was trying to stay faithful to my bracket, unlike Josh over there. Oh. Uh, I, I had the Crusaders winning, winning one A over Claritin. and obviously Claritin is no longer in this race. Um, it's tough, man, though, right? Like, cause Cornell, like I think one of the reasons I've picked against them in the past, and especially last week, is because you talk about inexperience. You talk about what happened against Olsh in their season finale, and those things don't don't sit well with me. And they, you know, no, you just mentioned they don't sit well with you either. Yeah. Um, but man, like. I don't know. Like, I wouldn't be surprised, obviously, if, if either team won this, and certainly wouldn't be surprised if Cornell um, got to the final. All right, so Parth and I both picked Bishop Canavan. Cornell is the other picks across the board. The House, Bill, Joe, and Josh picked the oh, Raiders. Oh, wow. I did not Josh. realize everybody else picked. Yeah, the Raiders. What what what, what went behind your pick? Uh, just I, I love what they do offensively. I mean, obviously, once Sincere Kimbrough went in at quarterback early in the year, they've kind of completely changed what they've done, but – um, you know, Raekwon Troutman is playing great football right now. I think he had 265 yards on 15 carries last week. Yep. Um, Tim Henderson got into the end zone three times. He's a big play waiting to happen anytime he touches the football. Yep. They have a big offensive line too. Like mm-hmm. maybe not in terms of height, but just weight and power. They are, they are good up front uh, and their defense is is something special they force turnovers left and right i know they had a, a pick six last week they're just a good football team uh i think they can score much faster and in more explosive fashion than a bishop canavan uh and i think they just have more athletes and that's that's why i leaned cornell uh and that's why i kind of had faith in them throughout the 1a bracket even though uh they did have a a, a bit of a a stumble against olsh there to close the season Man, Upper Valley final would be so, be cool, and it's probable to happen. Obviously, now with well, with three of the teams we cover in this final four. Fun fact for you, Parth: the last time we had a Beaver Valley final in <laughs> Class A was in 2018, and it was between Rochester and Olsh, who are playing each other Very in the cool. semifinal this year. Very That's cool. the last time these two teams have met in the postseason, and they've they've played a lot over the re, uh, the last four years. I think. Um, and yeah, and and these kids' career. This is one, two, three, four, five. This is the sixth time they played each other now Jeez. in their high school careers, and it's Four it's almost spin. even. I think uh, I know Rochester's won the last three, so and Olsha's won a lot before that. But it's uh yeah, it's it's going to be an interesting fight. Rochester obviously dominated the first time, thirty-four to seven. Sal Lore had a, an incredible game. The, uh, the first time around, what was it? Four touchdowns over 100 yards rushing, yep. and they they were do- the Chargers were dominated up front on the line of scrimmage. However, you look at what Olsh is doing now, and it makes you think maybe this is a different team. Maybe they got their swagger back. Maybe they can win. Um, well, five people think that that's not the case. Five people picked Rochester, including two people on this podcast. Did you? I picked Olsh. Did you go against your bracket, Noah? I did. I Part, give Olsh. it to him. Give it to a part. See, I, I, feel, no, 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 I don't no, know, I, man. No, I want to get my back. I had Clarendon in the championship anyway. Oh, okay. So okay. I had Rochester I, losing I this you. game to Clarendon. Okay. So okay. I'm fair, not really going fair, against fair, my bracket fair, here. Fair, so fair. I just think Even that, in March, I don't go against my bracket. The bracket 
you know. All right, nerd. Uh, <laughs> Cemented. It's on my wall. It's taped to my office wall. It's, it's done. Nerd. We got a nerd <laughs> reference. All right. I don't go against my bracket. <laughs> I'm sorry, Bart. I'm sorry, Faithful, Bart. man. I know. You are your loyal guy. I can't fault you. a real you one, as they say. All right. Yeah, as they say. <laughs> so I have Walsh. I just Wait, think looking at Walsh's road. <laughs> Play, two road playoff games, two road playoff wins over teams that were really good. Greensburg Central Catholic, that was a lot of that they were a lot of people's sleepers going into this thing. And then uh Clarendon, obviously the favorite, had a first round bye, beating them. You know, a, a Rochester against re, or a rematch against Rochester, that's not an easy task, but I feel like they're it's one they're ready for. So that's why I'm I'm rolling with the Chargers to continue the Cinderella run and then maybe get a rematch against Cornell the following week. Uh, we'll see. That'd but guys, yeah. you're going against my pick. You're all rolling with the Rams. Parth, Josh, why is that the case? They just got, I mean, they've got a handful of weapons and we've said that all year and they've, they're finally healthy, right? Like yeah. when have we seen this team at full capacity uh, before last week? I don't think we have. Week one. Week one. Yeah, exactly. For, yeah. For that's, a quarter. That, that's my, yeah. For a quarter <laughs> for before a quarter. Parker Lyons goes down. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And they had to figure things out quick. And I was talking, you know, talking to some of the guys talking to Gene the other night um, and just, you know, it's taken a while, as it does, right? It takes a while to adjust when you have a, a set game plan or a set offensive identity going into the season, and um, the pieces aren't there anymore to, to play that style of offense that you want to play. But, you know, they figured stuff out now. Um, everybody aside from Parker is healthy. And who knows? You know, Gene wouldn't give me much on that, but maybe Parker does come back this Friday. Maybe he comes back next Friday. This team is rolling. And uh, I don't know, man. Olsh, I'm not sold. I'm not sold. I just want Parker Lyons, like, Rochester takes the field, and then all of a sudden, like Stone Cold Steve Austin, I was say. music like the sh- the glass shatter. music. He's walking out in his uh, in his with his shoulder pads, and he has a leather vest around <laughs> his shoulder pads. Just gives a stunner to one of the refs. Catches Diet Coke because he can't drink beer because he's seventeen. Does <laughs> <laughs> cheers. I would love to see that. That'd be great. Uh, I, Josh, any. Yeah, my question for that, though, is I know that Parth wrote a great story on Rochester this week, but do we think there's any chance that they make a change at quarterback this late in the season? Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. I really? think they mix them in. I, I think know. they mix them in for sure. Okay, I, I mix them in, I can see. Yeah. I, I'm thinking, do they but just, just throw them out the there? No, absolutely not. I don't think so. I don't – I mean, this is a team he's played against. If you're going to do it against, a, you know, Clarendon, I think it's different. But, like, he's played against – Dion McIntosh a lot in his career. Yeah, He's played against fair. all of these guys before. So it's it's Bad. not like this is an unfamiliar opponent. And yeah, I don't think you start him and throw the ball 40 times, but I think that you know you can bring Mason you can, Rudolph. You, yeah, right. You, but you can, you know, <laughs> plug and play him That's along with Agile. Yeah. And you can use JD as more of a mobile guy, but maybe on third down, put him in the shotgun and let him sling it. Yeah. Because he's your best option to move the ball. I wouldn't be surprised if he dresses. And they're losing in the second half. I would not be surprised to see him get the That's get fair. the offense back That's and fair. just say I mean, Let's that'd be try a story. It. That'd be a story. Right? I tried to get information from Gene, man. He wouldn't give it to me. He said he said he doesn't know. It's a he, said he doesn't know. Which he's is, a vet, man. That's, that's, that's why he's. Game. That's why he's in the Hall of Fame. That's yeah. why he's that got some rings speak, on his fingers. Part. He said, "Who's this young buck trying to get information?" Yeah, he doesn't know. <laughs> this is my first rodeo. He's, he's had. He's had. He's answered plenty of questions from the Beaver County Times in his day. <laughs> and I tried to. Doing. I wasn't trying to do a gotcha type thing. But I tried yeah, I know. to frame it in a way where it's like, right. "Hey, Gene, you know, can you give me something?" And he was like, "No, nah, I'm not telling you nothing." So I know, I know that I covered this game 
the first go around and Rochester just absolutely stomped all over Olsh. Yeah. Um, I, there's no way I see that happening no. this week. Um, I do still think Rochester can win. I just believe in Sal Lohr that much. He is a fantastic Stud, player. Jerome Mullins is healthy now. It sounds like J.D. Azule can add stuff with his legs. That defense is incredible. Uh, and, Connor Martin is, I think, one of the best linebackers in the area. And Denny Robinson just Denny, showed up. Yes, in the playoffs. He, yes, he like played his first full game in their first round win over uh, Mapletown. So yeah. they've got him now too. I, I, I mean, they, they are a brand new team. Yeah, that was someone we talked about a lot. Noah, that's someone yeah. you told me about a lot before he, I even he got was here. A Denny player Robinson. I had my eye on, and we right. didn't really see him at all in the regular no, season, but no he's been playing too. Yeah, this, they, is, they, this is an exciting game. It is. It is. And I, I do think Ulsh, I, I do wonder if there's the thought from Rochester's side that, hey, we beat these guys last time. Like, we can handle this. Are they a little lax? I doubt it under Gene. But on the other side, Ulsh comes in knowing, hey, these guys kicked the absolute crap yeah, They're out definitely of us. more hungry. Yeah, they have a larger chip on their shoulder. So yeah. how does that play out on the field? I, I think this could come down to, who has the ball last? Yeah. In a sense. I know that that sounds silly and it's a cliche with football, but I really think it comes down to who has possession last and, and who can make that, that final play. And if, if it comes down to a final drive, I would say one team throws the ball better than another. Just saying. That's fair. Uh, I don't, I don't, that's why I, I don't think it will. I don't think it will come down to a final drive. Okay, Maybe I'm, all right. I'm being fair enough. Yo, who are we sending out there? I, I'm jealous. Well, that's all right. Well, I don't have this in front of me, but what you need to know is that the Beaver County Times will have someone at all six semifinal games. And don't worry, if you're a soccer fan, you're listening, uh, well, what about soccer states? We got Parth down in Hershey. That's all so you need, baby. We have yes, sir. Don't ever do it on chocolate on, on Friday, <laughs> the, biggest, the busiest day in the history of Beaver County Times sports, it seems like. We're covering two state championship soccer games, six Whippeo football semifinals, you know, and a fine time to, like, eat, shower, and, you know... <laughs> You know, say a, say a prayer or two. I, I so, try, man. Those things are tough for me. Yeah, yes. those are tough for <laughs> you. Said that, not me. You said that, not me. I'm not lying. <laughs> well, All not right, so problem, we're going to wrap this up. It was okay. a long episode right. today, but I yeah. think it was one packed with some analysis and uh, maybe a couple jokes here and there as well. Um, be sure to head to timesonline.com. We've got features. We've got previews. We've got analysis. And we will have you covered on Friday night for the soccer state championships and for the Whippeal football semifinals. Like I said, we will be there. If there is a game going on involving one of our teams from here on out, we will be there to cover it. We will have the scoop. We will have everything for you to see. Just head to our site and enjoy. We'll see you all next week when we're talking about Heinz Field, baby. It's 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 coming up. It's, it's a week away, and we're going to find out who's there very soon. Talk to you then.